Hello and welcome to the Chiaroscuro Jazz Podcasts. I'm George Graham, Director of Artistry and Repertoire for the Venerable Jazz Label, celebrating our 50th anniversary and featuring over 100 titles by some of the world's great jazz musicians. This time we feature saxophonist Red Holloway, who had a lengthy career in jazz. He was known for his blues influence, but was a versatile player with a recording career that extended from 1963 until near his death in 2012 at the age of 84. He had associations with saxophonist Sonny Stitt, recorded with vocalist Etta James, played on the first recording to feature guitarist George Benson with organist Jack McDuff, and even appeared on two albums with British blues rocker John Mayall. Red Holloway recorded two albums as leader for Chiaroscuro and also appeared on two recordings for the label with trumpeter Clark Terry. All were recorded on jazz sea cruises that were part of the Floating Jazz Festival. Here's Red Holloway, recorded in 1998, joined by guitarist Phil Upchurch, pianist Junior Mance, bassist Keeter Betts, and drummer Paul Humphrey with Gershwin's Strike Up the Band. Thank you. 
Ah, you're very kind, folks. Red Holloway on tenor sax with his quintet on the chiaroscuro release Standing Room Only with Phil Upchurch on guitar, Junior Mance on piano, Keeter Betts on bass, and Paul Humphrey on drums. One of the distinctive features of many of chiaroscuro's CD releases is the Jazz Speak track, on which artists talk about their music in their own words. Here's Red Holloway. Hello, this is Red Holloway. I was born in Helena, Arkansas. I was raised in Chicago, Illinois. My mother was a pianist. My father was a violin player. Basically, I came from a musical family, although I never saw my father until I was 20, and my mother was 13 when I was born, so it was a very unusual childhood, but I had a great childhood, which I wish I could say for a lot of the kids today. Actually, I wanted to become a boxer, following the footsteps of Sugar Ray Robinson and Joe Lewis. And one of my stable mates, who was a great friend of mine, was Johnny Bratton. We were raised together. We used to box together for 10 years. I ran five miles a day and boxed 68 amateur fights. And Don near got my head knocked off on one of them. And that really decided that I should be a musician instead of a fighter. My mother and I were like brothers and sisters. And one of my mother's good friends when she was a child was Roosevelt Sykes. And I used to work with Roosevelt. And I was with Memphis Slim for quite a while. I learned a lot of his songs. So basically, I have a blues background. But I played jazz, and I've always loved jazz. And Duke Ellington was really one of my favorites. But when I heard Lester Young with Count Basie doing The World is Mad, instead of wanting to be a boxer and a guitar player and a piano player, I wanted to be a saxophone player. When I got to school, they wouldn't let me play saxophone first. I had to play clarinet for about a year and a half. And I went to the Chicago Conservatory for about three years anticipating getting a degree, but I started working. And as you know, when you say, well, I'll go back to school next year, it never happened, so I never did. Nevertheless, I'm still playing music, and I feel as though I have accomplished something just staying in the business as long as I have since 1943. To be truthful, who I really heard first in my lifetime was Cab Calloway singing Heidi, Heidi, Heidi Ho, and Minnie the Moocher. By me playing with Roosevelt Sykes, I played the blues. And all of the other blues players liked me because I could play the blues and I could play blues just about in any key. I really like the blues, and I feel that you can't play good jazz unless you can play the blues. Uh, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. I'll give you a good example. John Coltrane used to play with Eddie Cleanhead Vincent and Earl Bostick and... You can hear the blues in his sound, just his sound alone, even though he isn't playing any melodic lines, is bluesy. Basically, playing good music is a feeling. When Sonny Stitt and I started working together, we recorded together in 1977. And I'd been knowing Sonny since 1944 from Chicago. I met Gene Ammons first. I knew Gene Ammons' father through Roosevelt Sykes. And then I met Gene Ammons. That was when he was learning to play. 
Then after that, I'd met Sonny Stitt, and we had been friends oh, for many years. There was a friend of mine who wanted to record him, and so I introduced him to Sonny, and he recorded him in 77. In fact, he recorded the two of us, because Sonny said, well, why don't you be on this album with me? And I said, well, if you really want me to. So he said he and Gene Ammons had been partners. Since Gene is dead, he doesn't have a partner. So anyway, we recorded together, and it made some noise. And we started going on the road together. So one day, Sonny was over at my house, and he saw that I'd had an alto. And he asked me, why don't you bring your alto on the gig? I said, oh, you must be crazy. I'm not going to come out with you one of the greatest alto players. I said, it's hard enough just trying to keep up with you playing tenor. So anyway, he said, well, bring it along. So I took it out on the road, and we would practice in the hotel for about a month. So one night, he said to me, why don't you bring your alto down? We were staying in this hotel where we played downstairs. And I said, well, okay. He said, we'll just play some blues. So we went down, and we just played some, I think it was Nye's the Time or something. And he played about five courses. And then I played about four or five courses, and I got a nice hand. And he came back and played ten courses and chewed me up like taking a razor blade and just cut me into small pieces. And so I told him, I said, listen, man, I told you I didn't want to bring this horn in the first place. I said, now you treat me like some cat that you just met and you don't like him. He said, wait a minute. There's no friendship on the bandstand. <laughs> so that's how I really started playing alto. He did help me quite a bit with sound and with how to phrase and taking my time and playing the alto. Because he always said, the alto is for singing and the tenor's for punching, like you boxing. He always talked about how a bird used to sing playing the alto. And that's really how I started playing alto. And being in this business, you have to try and satisfy most of your audiences because you can't just play for yourself. People want to be entertained. You have to have something to say. The people on this particular session with me, I would like to say something about having Harry Edison as my guest. He plays such beautiful melodic lines and solos, very expressive, very beautiful. And my regular band that I've been using since the late 70s and the early 80s, Richard Reed, who's a really fantastic bass player, and Dwight Dickerson, the very fine pianist, and Paul Humphrey, who can play anything. He was with Les McCann and Freddie Hubbard and a lot of the different ones, and he was with Lawrence Welk. And everyone has a degree but me. <laughs> I have a degree in hard knocks. <laughs> but basically, I have some very fine musicians who can play any type of music. And I was very honored to have as my guest the one and only... Harry Sweets Edison. Red Holloway from his Chiaroscuro Jazz Speak track. Now here he is on his album The Red Holloway Quintet with special guest Harry Sweets Edison on the standard Out of Nowhere.
Red Holloway Quintet with special guest Harry Sweets Edison, recorded at the 1995 Floating Jazz Festival, featuring Dwight Dickerson on piano, Richard Reed on bass, Paul Humphrey on drums, and Harry Sweets Edison on trumpet. Before we go, here's another track from the 1998 Floating Jazz Festival, a tune by organist Jack McDuff called Mo Candy.
Red Holloway with Mo Candy from the Chiaroscuro album Standing Room Only, recorded at the 1998 Floating Jazz Festival. It featured Phil Upchurch on guitar, Junior Mance on piano, Keeter Betts on bass, and Paul Humphrey on drums. You can find Red Holloway's two Chiaroscuro albums, along with his recordings with Clark Terry, on our website at chiaroscurojazz.org, where you can find a searchable database of the artists and music on the label. The music is available on CD as a download and streaming on Spotify, Apple Music, and other streaming sources. And you can also listen to continuous jazz from the over 100 albums available on Chiaroscuro 24 hours a day on the Chiaroscuro channel, available at the new and improved Chiaroscuro website. This is George Graham. Thanks for listening to this Chiaroscuro podcast, and join us next time for more music from great jazz artists.